Welcome to the first episode of Your Story, Your Glory. This is a podcast about learning how to craft compelling stories to deliver your message impactfully. You will also be able to take many golden nuggets from our guests to become a powerful communicator and a confident presenter. Every second week we will get professional speakers and storytellers from all over the world for you to share their stories and how can you make your story your glory here is your host deepak sharma with the first episode of your story your glory we are starting the journey of your story your glory with a very special guest and before I introduce this guest. Let's hear this. Do you remember your first big gift to yourself? I had saved every penny of my salary to get myself my dream car. Now, buying a car is like winning a trophy. The first thing you do is show it off. Champions? <laughs> and if you can, to a pretty girl. So I sped in my car to pick up Neha. the girl who made my heart skip a beat and in no time friends we were cruising he sensed it and said sir this is no rocket science cars get scratched every day and a scratch stays only as long as you don't polish it there were scratches that still lingered the scratches i had inflicted because of my frustrations I didn't even realize them because they were not external but internal invisible scratches When did you scratch another person Friends sometimes in life we are scratched and sometimes we scratch but hey that's life scratches are inevitable but remember a scratch stays only as long as we don't polish it as i said we have somebody very special with us who has been once the first runner up of world championship of public speaking and has reached finals three times i saw him first time on the stage of district 41 when he was delivering a speech in the district finals and i was totally mesmerized with his speaking ability aditya is a management consultant and currently he is based out of london aditya has been a thought after keynote speaker he is a leadership development coach he has been a strategic consultant for many organizations and let's understand from aditya how he has reached this place and what has been his journey welcome aditya thank you deepak it's a pleasure to be here and having observed through social media your journey over the last few years i'm very excited to converse with you thank you so much and rather as i said i saw you first time in goa that time you really stuck that code with me and we met later on many times but that was the first time when i saw an amazing speaker in you we would like to know a little bit about your life so that our audience will get to know how and why you have reached here wherever you are today sure deepak Uh, i was uh, born in a 33 city called trichy in uh, tamil nadu 
Okay. I lived there for eight, eight, nine years of my life before my father decided to move base to Chennai. And then I lived in Chennai for over 20 years. And then I've been traveling quite a bit to Hyderabad, Mumbai for six years. And now the last few years has been in London, UK. So I, when I was growing up, uh, there was this split personality, so to speak, in me. At one, one side of my personality loved going on stage and delivering speeches. I was feeling at home when I'm on stage. And really? Sure during you know those times? Even during those times, in my school days or college days. Great. But there was this other side of my personality, which was a complete introvert. Okay. Um, I was very uncomfortable in social situations. I was very uncomfortable when I was with people I don't know or people different in terms of um, demography or age group than I. And when I joined Toastmasters in, when I was 19, that was the first time these two different parts of my personality had to converge. Uh, I was, very, again, very comfortable when I got on stage in Toastmasters in contest as a president at 21 years old. But at the same time, I probably wouldn't be the person who who naturally socialized because all psychometric tests that I've taken in my life would <laughs> brand me an introvert, not an extrovert. And I'm sure a lot of people feel that way because even now, Deepak, and I'm sure people come to you with that opinion too. A lot of people ask me, Aditya, can introverts be good public speakers? And through personal experience, I vouch that it doesn't so much matter whether you're introvert or extrovert. There are a lot of other things that make you a good public speaker. So, so that's, that was really my initial journey. The struggle internally to marry these two different types of personalities inside one person. But after that, over the first six, seven years in Toastmasters, my journey was purely leadership track. I was the president, then uh, and a district officer. But then I had to move cities. So I had to change tracks, change gears. But one thing I did well was never quit a platform like Toastmasters. I'm still stuck with it. In London, I was the treasurer of my topic club. Wow. Now I'm the president of my uh, HOD speakers club in London. In between, I started contesting in 2014. And then that journey has been very pleasant. And as you grow as a speaker when you're 19, 20, more platforms get open to you, TEDx, or I, I partnered with the Rotary for many initiatives. But then in between, I wanted to choose a career that aligned to these interests, um, interests of public speaking, management, I did my MBA in strategy, and in people and psychology, you talked about the Gita. So now I'm in a profession, touch wood and thank God, that kind of sits between these passion areas of mine. I'm a management consultant, but I focus on people and leadership. So that's been the snapshot of my journey till now. Absolutely fantastic. And I think uh, this was my second question and you answered it in your introduction that a lot of people think I'm an introvert. I cannot come and do public speaking. And here is an example in front of us, somebody who has been an introvert and who has reached the stage of world champion of public speaking. Thanks Aditya for sharing this wisdom and especially all my introvert friends will now come forward and take up this journey of public speaking, because I believe very strongly that public speaking is something that everybody needs. That's very true, because I believe that introvert and extrovert is not so much about uh, how good you come across in front of people. It's more about where you draw your energy from. I still, I may do eight hours of client work in front of an audience these days, but at the end of eight hours, I need the recharging time that needs to be with myself, either reflecting on those eight hours or 
or reading something or just listening to music. Uh, but 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 that doesn't take away from the impact that I can create in front of an audience. And that's that's as you rightly said. So people who assume that um, I'm naturally reserved or shy doesn't necessarily mean that you can't create impact on stage. And I think one thing, again, I picked up one more when you started saying that you have been able to align uh, your passion of speaking and your people being, being a, to motivate and transform people into your profession. And I think this is very, very important. I was reading recently a book, uh, Ikigai. And, uh, and I, I also read in this book in Good to Great, where your passion, your proficiency matches, the profit automatically comes into picture. This is what Toastmasters gives us a stage. Before I move forward and ask you many other questions, I want to ask you a very simple question and I think most Toastmasters would like to hear from you. How does Toastmasters directly and indirectly impacted your personal and professional life? Mm. A great question and something that I'm asked very often, uh, but, but this question can be asked many times and still it's useful because a lot of the average age of Toastmasters in India is, uh, is in the late 20s. The average age of Toastmasters globally is probably around 45 to 50. So there's a huge demographic variance in, uh, in, in Toastmasters across the world. So the question which most Indian Toastmasters like to ask is, is it going to be helpful in my career? Yeah. The question a lot of um, Toastmasters in some other countries may ask is, is this going to help me in my networking or business? Or is it something like Rotary? Is it something different? So, so the question of why Toastmasters differs a lot um, across the world, having traveled the world, have done keynotes, I kind of sense this different um, question that comes up. But for me personally, Toastmasters at a very early age gave me what I call access like Malcolm Gladwell says in Outliers, which I like to quote often, two people may start with the same level of proficiency, but if one person just has better access to say better feedback, better evaluation, better mentor, a, a platform to do something, fail, experiment, and the other person does not have that, though they may start with the same level of proficiency, but in a couple of years, just by access, this person has got say 10% better in terms of their proficiency. So at 19, when I joined, I wasn't more talented as a speaker than anybody else. I wasn't probably uh, more naturally gifted than any other Tom, Dick or Harry. But just by access to a platform where you have to, if you have to prepare for your speeches, you got to go read more. Uh, if you read more at the age of 19, by the time you're 24, you probably know more than the average 24-year-old. Uh, you're given a stage in front of 20 people who are probably 20 years older to you. So by the time you're 25, you're not as scared about your clients or your senior bosses as a typical 25 would have been if they had never uh, communicated with people senior to them. So these acts as this playing ground, this fail-proof platform helped me immensely personally in terms of my confidence. I was one of the very few uh, non-MBAs in my first job to move from a typical programming job to a strategic um, job. Uh, I was uh, one of the very few people at that age to, to say no to a very lucrative job offer because of that, of that playful arrogance that Toastmasters gave me saying, you are good, you can go for it. So, but then 
uh, on retrospect, it seems like risky decisions that I took, but it has paid off. Uh, and that's why Toastmasters has helped me immensely. The reason I still stick with it is because of the same reason, which is it still gives me an access to experiment before going to a very risky client negotiation. Toastmasters gives you a platform to practice some of those, uh, 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 some of the skills that you want to exhibit, uh, get feedback. And then when you go to your real life, you kind of have already tested it out somewhere as compared to another person who's trying it all new in, in their real life. So, so it, it helps me immensely professionally and personally. And I think uh, we have, uh, both of us have a very different journey and I think audience will relate to it. So as Aditya said, Toastmasters helps you a very, in a very big way when you start at an early stage. But don't worry, if you are already cross 35, I joined Toastmasters at 37. Right. And uh, I know that how Toastmasters after 37 helped me to change my career at 360 degree. So, oh yeah, absolutely. In fact, Deepak, sorry for interrupting. Uh, you, your, what you said just reminded me of um, um, the past district director of district 120 now, uh, DTM Nina John. Okay. Um, when I joined Chennai Toastmasters, she was the president of Chennai Toastmasters 2005-06 period. Her father, who was 85 odd at that point in time, joined Toastmasters. Wow. I was 19 and he was 85. And I asked um, uh, uncle, what did you join Toastmasters for? He said, to learn public speaking. I said, but uh, come on, uncle, but you're 85. He's, he looked at me as if I, I said something uh, you know, uh, that was wrong. He said, of course not. I still go to church. I still deliver speeches. Um, and I want to do my project three. I want to mentor. And I was like, wow. So age is just, just not a criteria to improve and elevate our own skills. And I know people in London, the average age of Toastmasters is probably 20 years higher than India. And a lot of people join here and again in two, three years because of better access, they become the best version of what they can be. So I totally agree with you that age is not a barrier at all. Absolutely, age is not. And rather, I, when I was in Chicago conference and Toastmasters conference, I met two Toastmasters who were touching 100. And they were oh, wow. <laughs> I, I, I will definitely share photographs in this video of those two Toastmasters. Sure. They, uh, they, I took pictures with them. And they were volunteering and also dancing on the stage in the evening. So, wow. So they like so there, there's no age in Toastmasters. Toastmasters is all about learning. And at any age, you know, in US, a lot of people think that this is only for old people. In India, a lot of people think this is only for young people. So I would rather say <laughs> everybody should come in Toastmasters and experience and learn whatever they can learn and help other people also to learn. And I heard you in Goa second time, not the first time. And I was appointed as club co-director and you were one of the keynote speaker in the conference. Right. And uh, where you were talking about zoom in and zoom out. And yeah. you talked about one analogy and which I've used uh, giving credit to you always in many of the conferences and many of the clubs when I talked to them about why Toastmasters. And the analogy that you took was of a sea. The Toastmasters is like a sea. And now it's up to you whether you take out that spoon of water from it or lay a pipeline out of it. So to our Toastmasters audience, especially people who are 
like me when I was playing with Toastmasters initially. I would like to hear from you. When you say, yes, a spoon of water everybody is able to take out, people can able to complete their CC. When we talk about laying a pipeline, what does it mean in Toastmasters? Yeah, and, and Deepak, I'm, I'm very impressed by your ability, your memory to recall specifics from conferences four or five years ago. And uh, kudos to you. And that's exactly why you're being able to follow your passion because you, you're so persistent and keen about it. Now, what I, what I meant by that is the extent to which you're able to derive or extract learning from anything in life is lesser about how much is that event or person or organization able to provide? It's more about what is the vessel you carry into it. Now, if you go into your next Toastmaster meeting with a spoon as your vessel, the ocean may be unlimited, but the amount of water you can take away is limited to the vessel that you take into the ocean. Now, similarly, a lot of people join Toastmaster clubs and rightly sometimes say that, ah, I seem to be the best speaker here. There's nothing for me to get out of this, um, or I could rather spend this time elsewhere. I, I may pay $1,000 and go for a two-day course rather than join Toastmasters. They're right initially. But having said that, a Toastmaster created Deepak and Aditya as well. A Toastmasters created Dhananjay and Mohammed Katani as well. Uh, none of us were born great public speakers. So there is always two extremes. It's like a classroom, isn't it, Deepak? My mother used to say when I was young, um, uh, your sister also has the same teacher, same books, same tuition. You also have the same teacher, same book tuition. Why is she scoring more than you? <laughs> right? So sometimes it's the same. The same teacher in the classroom produces an all, all India or all American topper. Absolutely. And the same teacher and classroom produces an average student as well. So when we keep analyzing this analogy, we realize that if you do something with faith and trust that you know, if Toastmasters can create a Dhananjaya Hetirachi, it can probably help me as well. Then you come with so much more passion and eagerness to learn. Even with one evaluation, you can change yourself if you're listening to it well enough. So that's, if you connect a pipeline into Toastmasters, you realize in one year or two years, you're a completely different person than you can be. But that doesn't just mean renewing in Toastmasters. Yeah. It means giving a lot of time, hard work, reflection, um, not just within those two hours of your meeting, but the rest 166 hours of the week as well. Absolutely. Thank you, Aditya. So, and as they say, especially I've learned in NSA National Speakers Association that your message has to be sticky. Right. And I think that message helped, I think, many clubs to understand why Toastmasters through one of that message that came out of that conference from you. Thanks so much for such a lovely keynote that we had in Goa that year. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. I actually remember, Deepak, since you talked about stickiness, one of the things that sticks with me in terms of White Toastmasters is what I heard from Dan Rex uh, when he visited uh, Mumbai Toastmasters some five years ago. Dan Rex is the CEO of Toastmasters yeah. for people listening. In. Uh, so Dan asks, asked us all a question. He said, how would you describe Toastmasters to a non-Toastmaster? A lot of people got up and said, Toastmasters is an international organization in 120 countries with uh, three lakh members, blah, blah, blah. And then he asked a second question. He asked, uh, what does Toastmaster mean to you personally? 
Then the answers were very different. They said things like, it means being part of a family. It means becoming the best version of myself. It means a platform for me to fail and improve. Then Dan looked at us and asked, why are the answers to these two questions so different? Uh, if you go out there and describe Toastmasters, like you described the second question, then you are going to get a 100% conversion rate in terms of demo meetings and stuff. The problem is when we describe Toastmasters, we're describing it only to the head. But what it means to us is so much in the heart. Yeah. So the why Toastmasters need to be communicated to the heart as well, not just the head. And when he did that exercise, it kind of a light bulb moment <laughs> happened yeah. to me. And I use that wherever I go these days. Dan is like that. When he speaks, he doesn't speak from ear to ear. He speaks from heart to heart. And his yeah. messages are very sticky. I still remember when we went for our training, district leadership training, and he gave us one message and one quote rather he gave us. The main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. And that quote made our district number one in the world. You know, we followed that quote whole year, like mm. a mantra. Every district officer, ultimately that was the driving force. So you don't know when a speaker impacts you exactly. and you get changed. And I think, I think many times when you go to Toastmasters meeting, even one speech in that meeting can change you. I was not there on the, your final speech of called Scratch in Vegas, but I saw that speech later on. And I remember that punchline from there, Scratch stays as long as you don't polish it. And it not only gives me a goosebump, but it also gives a wrong message for a life, you know, whether it's in professional life, whether in personal life. People who are listening all over the world, many times they find to bring out message out of speech. Many times they find difficult finding these kind of phrases out of speech. So how did you created this particular phrase and connected question to it is the 2017 speech, lost yeah. and found. Yeah. The one common factor in both the speeches was Neha. How is Neha doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a great question. So the scratch speech, uh, since you spoke about that, uh, Deepa, uh, it's very interesting. It it didn't start with uh, it didn't start with that as a theme itself. If you if you trace it back to the first time I delivered it in a club level, uh, or even before that in a project speech, when I first had that idea. The speech was still about my car getting scratched, okay. but the theme, the theme of the speech was, I think, around friendship or something, because my friends helped me get over that incident. As I polished the speech and refined the speech, I realized the core theme of the of the speech uh, is something deeper than just you know uh, friendship and getting out of a tough situation. I realized it was my limitation to being so obsessed about my car that led me to create scratches on people. So the, then this entire equation of physical scratches and internal scratches came to my head. Huh, that's a great comparison because physical scratches on your phone or on your car are easy to see, easy to polish, easy to mend. Emotional scratches that we inflict on people are hard to mend, hard to polish, 
Absolutely. And sometimes it goes unnoticed because you can't see it. When I got these two parallel, and that's how it developed, and finally it led up to my, uh, uh, my hypothesis that sometimes in life we scratch, and sometimes in life we are scratched. But a scratch stays only as long as we, uh, we don't polish it. Uh, so, so it's not a line that I got when I woke up one day, it kind of refined over a period of four or five months and led to that point in time, which seemed to be pretty catchy retrospectively. Super. Now what, now what Neha? <laughs> so, so interestingly, Neha is a real life character. Neha, as I revealed later in one of my keynotes somewhere in the world, that Neha was uh, the HR uh, employee, HR person when I joined Cognizant way back in 2008, I guess. So I, got, I had a crush on Neha, so I decided to use her name in all my speeches. In truth, I never dated Neha, we never really went out, but she became, she became the proxy of my uh, girlfriend in most of my speeches. Okay. <laughs> and that's another speaking tip uh, that I offer people, Deepak. When, when you get known by more people, when people start following your speeches, it's very important to have some common thread across, across years, across your speeches. Like when I tell people that my father introduced me to Toastmasters, mm -hmm. in another speech one year later, I cannot tell them that my uncle introduced me to Toastmasters, my friend introduced me to Toastmasters. Absolutely. It kind of takes away credibility. Absolutely. So you got to stick to truth. At the same time, it helps if you have a character like Neha, which people uh, know. It helps to have the same character because that invokes a particular naughty feeling in people. Say, we know Neha. Know. So in so in 2017 at the district level in Bombay, when I said Neha, people remember 2015, and just by telling Neha, I got four-second applause. Yeah. <laughs> it is a cheap thrill. Yeah. But at the same time, it works. So yeah. I do a lot of uh, storytelling workshops also, and I want to hear from you. And I look at your story of scratch. It's a very simple story of getting a scratch in a car. And you picked up that story and converted it into a world championship speech. And when we talk to people and many young people, especially when they are starting their journey of Toastmasters, they always come and say, where to find stories from? We don't have any stories. We have not climbed Mount Everest. Or we have not done something special where we talk about our speeches. Now I want to, you to throw a light on it for people where they can find their stories. Yeah, this as much as a, as a, as a point of reflection, as much as it's a point of self-confidence as well, Deepak. It's very difficult to, to, to feel that my life is very normal. I'm a cog in a machine. I'm a, I'm a small... Just I'm a, like my B school professor told me once, Aditya, the life till now has been just a golden quadrilateral, Indian IT male engineer, right? There's nothing special in it. Uh, you, what can you go on, in, in, on stage and inspire an audience? I mean, every other person in India is an Indian IT male engineer. So at, at that point in time, sometimes you feel such a lack of feeling special and um, you really don't, you don't observe the observe the ordinary and find extraordinary out of it. You start searching for extraordinary to find extraordinary out of it. So you assume that if somebody has to die in your family for people to emote for your speech. But then 
But then that's where understanding audience psychology really helps. Uh, sometimes you find that if I tell you today, Deepak, that um, in 1975, in a road accident in, in America, 14 people died. Or if I tell you, Deepak, today morning, my iPhone got scratched. Your iPhone getting scratched may make you feel a bigger pang than somebody dying in 1974. That doesn't mean you're a mean person. You don't care about people dying. No, it doesn't mean that. It just means that what connects with the audience is something they can relate to. What connects with the audience is something that may happen to them next morning, an iPhone getting scratched. Uh, whereas the 1975 incident may arouse sympathy in you, the iPhone getting scratched makes you feel, wow, I know how precious my phone is. So don't look at data for stories. Uh, look at insights uh, because you may have the best idea, but if you're not able to extract an insight out of it, it's just a nice speech. Audience are not left with the aha. So understanding the audience psyche and trying to extract something very different from an ordinary topic uh, can, can, can deliver results on stage. Absolutely. And as uh, Mark Brown always says, common connects. Yeah. So it's, it's very important for us to talk about things that everybody can connect in the audience so that Correct. they Correct. are there with you throughout the stories. Absolutely. And that's why even things like metaphors are so useful, isn't it, Deepak? Mm -hmm. So they, they kind of bring you and I to a common platform. I, I like to call it common platform. Mark Brown calls it common connect. So, so I stand on a platform. You are sitting in a platform. Mm -hmm. I need to bring you and I to a common platform for you to enjoy my speech. Okay. And sometimes it happens like a metaphor of a car or a scratch. Sometimes it happens with just an entire speech being like Ramona Smith, who won the world championship a couple of years ago. Her entire speech was about her life, but her life is personal to her. Why would you want to emote? So she brought in this metaphor of a boxing ring. Now the boxing ring is something you know about, I know about. Absolutely. So that becomes a common platform that to bring your audience to, to connect. So metaphors are a powerful way as well to bring that common connect with your audience. One thing that you and me have experienced that Toastmasters has given us opportunity to convert our passion into profession. But I see a lot of people in Toastmasters, they come to Toastmasters and they say we are here to improve our public speaking skills. And I always say in Toastmasters, any manual or any book, nowhere it's written that we are a public speaking organization. You know, they always say we are leaders are made. And because of that, I think that is the only reason I can relate very well that I was able to convert my journey from my passion to profession. And because not only because I was able to speak or participate in the contest, because I have participated as a, a leaders in the club level and also later at the district level. What is your thoughts? How people in their journey of Toastmasters can take it a step forward and monetize this journey, whether it is part-time or full-time? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a great question. Now, there are two ways to monetize through Toastmasters. Number one is continue in whatever profession you are in. Not everybody needs to be a professional speaker. Continue in whatever profession you are in, but become better in that profession through the skills of Toastmasters and you end up getting paid more as well. You get your faster promotion, 
you're put as a high potential for the blue-eyed boy or girl in your organization, you, you kind of are, have a fast track, fast track growth. I could see that in my own career, uh, even when I wasn't a professional speaker, even early stages of my career, even in a technology firm that I was part of. Because of the skills I acquired in Toastmasters, I was able to be a cut apart from other people who wanted the same job. I talked about a strategy job that I got into, even without an MBA and other things. Again, I was able to monetize, but not directly as a speaker, but indirectly through the skills I learned at Toastmasters, isn't it? So if you're a, I remember when I was the president of Chennai Toastmasters, Deepak, uh, we had this lady join our club and she was a Padma Shri. And in India, Padma Shri is a title given to you um, for audiences across the world. You may not know what Padma Shri is. It's, it's, a, it's a civilian title that the government offers for achievers. It's an honor. Uh, and the, she got a Padma Shri for her dance. She was a classical dancer. And she's been on stage from the age of six for 30 years. And I asked her, ma'am, but you should be teaching us on stage presence. You've been dancing in front of 2,000 people. She said, no, Aditya, that's what you don't understand. I can dance in front of even 10,000 people. But between two dance numbers, I need to introduce the next piece to the audience. All right, this is about this mudra, this, this. And that 60 seconds, I'm terrified, <laughs> right? So I realized that day that Toastmasters may not just make you a better professional speaker. Toastmasters, if you are a dancer, Toastmaster makes you a more successful dancer. Yeah. If you are a, a IT engineer, so Toastmasters makes you a fast track IT engineer or manager. Yeah. If you are a lawyer, Toastmaster makes, makes you a more successful lawyer. Yeah. Now that's the first way to monetize and fast track your career. The second way for a subset of people who, are, who truly find their calling on stage, who realize I want to be on stage, not just for two hours. I want to be on stage for a much longer time and make it my profession. And that Toastmasters helps as well. Like for me, when I did my MBA, I got a good job on campus, but I realized that was not my calling. So I graduated out of my MBA without a job but I was searching for a job where, where I combined my three passion areas of organizations, leadership, and public speaking. And then I was able to monetize um, uh, one through my job and number two, by doing a lot of things outside by myself. I used to, I traveled the world uh, doing speeches, doing keynotes and conferences and leadership. So that's another way to monetize Toastmasters, to coach, to speak, Absolutely. But there are two parts in this Deepak. In public speaking, there is public and then there is speaking. Uh, and you need something to speak on. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are very good speakers, but what are their audience paying them for? Right? You've got to be an expert in some field to speak about it. So very early on in life, when people are infatuated by being a professional speaker, uh, they assume that just by being a good speaker, they're going to start earning millions. Absolutely. You got to specialize in any topic and the topic could be communication itself or the topic could be uh, um, leadership. The topic could be um, uh, mergers and acquisitions in pharmaceutical industry, as specific as that. But once you specialize in a topic, you're seen as an expert in it. And then boom, comes your skills of Toastmasters to help you, to help you monetize. Thanks, Aditya. This is a very important point, which I also learned uh, here from National Speakers Association that pick a lane. 
picking up a lane yeah. is very very important rather creating that niche is very important because people want to see you a specialist rather than generic speaker so that you are called for specific industry you are called for specific topic and as you are and in the process you become expert in that area telling all the toastmasters on this from this stage that if you are trying to move towards professional speaking figure out what is your passion what is your passionate topic your passionate like lead like aditya is looking at leadership now he is i think doing a lot of strategy and leadership work i am working more on communication side so similarly you also have to pick up your lane and you will see once you pick up your lane you will start becoming expert on that yeah and 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 i know toastmaster friend of mine we know a lot of toastmaster friends deepak and uh, i who have quit their jobs to become stand up comedians yeah <laughs> also a form of public speaking but their niche is to make people laugh yeah. um so many people from india raj shekhar vikram uh, podar vipul yeah. um, gupta yeah exactly yeah exactly and these are pretty famous comedians too they have their own uh, companies and they're doing pretty well now Absolutely. so so whatever your lane you you got to pick some lane otherwise uh, you, you're just a good speaker without much to speak about last question about uh, your sessions on gita i know mm. i have been able to attend those session but i thought let me take some gyan from you on this session how does gita comes into picture and how come these sessions created interest or you are interested on that from earlier on right so uh, i do sunday morning um, sunday morning uk time sunday mid morning india time and probably saturday late night in the us yes of course um uh, i do gita classes but the core of that we call it gita classes but it's more of philosophy classes if you ask me spirituality philosophy classes it's agnostic of a particular scripture uh, i've been interested in uh, in in first principle thinking from from a long time uh, deepak uh, pro- even during my college days i would go attend uh, lectures by uh, you know thought leaders philosophers scientists physicists evolutionary biologists astrophysicists uh, all of these science and the 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 thin line separating science which is evidence based rationality and spirituality which is more of reflection contemplation of the mystery of them uh, i love the venn diagram sweet spot that lies between the yeah. two of them so so ever since i've been a student of philosophy over the last 10 years and a lot of my thoughts at work and speech are shaped by that so the gita classes were just a crescendo of those thoughts i said Uh, i speak to a lot of people on this why not put a put a class together so what we discuss in those classes are human thought how does our mind work how does our mind come in the way of us doing what we want to do it's very interesting isn't it deepak because if if my if my friend or mother asks me to do something and i don't want to do that then it's fine but if i want to do something and i myself i'm not able to do that there is something fundamentally wrong with me <laughs> i want to wake up on time but i am not able to do that i want to be disciplined but i am not able to do that so it requires a study of the mind ah. and the study of the mind tells us what is that resistance that your own personality offers that comes in the way of you becoming the best version of yourself and that's the study of self inquiry that we embark in the sunday morning classes Thank you so much for sparing time from London 
and for I'm in America and for people of India and all over the world, I think people will take benefit and especially understand my whole objective of this conversation was why Toastmasters and you give us a lot of meat for people to reflect upon on their journey of Toastmasters. And I always say, don't play with it, get trained with it. Because once you get trained with it, you don't even know what this organization can do for you. Absolutely. And as the first female international president of Toastmasters, Helen Bloodshot said, if you can get out of Toastmasters, what you can get out of Toastmasters, then you can't get out of Toastmasters. So that is something which seemed to be very true, at least in yours and my life, people. Thank you so much, Aditya. And it was a pleasure having you. Thank you, Deepa. Thank you so much, friend, for joining us on our first episode of Your Story, Your Glory. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss the golden nuggets of your story, your glory. See you next week. Again, bye-bye.